Hi, everyone. Dr. Tim and Hillary for another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? Doing okay. Doing okay. Does the pig go out in the snow? Um, He would like to not go out in the snow, but he has to go out in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> He's a warm weather pig. He's very much a warm weather pig. He hates the cold. He hates the wind. He hates the rain. Well, I call that a smart pig. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm with the pig. I hate the rain, the snow, and the uh, the wind. Yeah, you get used to it after a while. But I can't say that I blame him. We tried to get him a, a little raincoat. He did not like that. Tore <laughs> it to shreds and then walked off, left it by the trash cans. <laughs> not even go. joking. There you go. Can't can't dress that pig up. Funny. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are we doing today? Questions. Questions. Yes. Questions. This is our last one of the year. Ooh. Are, are you excited? <laughs> it's been a busy year. Hopefully. It has been a busy year. I, and based on the responses, I think people like these and get some uh, use and education out of it. So it's all good. Yep. And I think the last podcast that we did, this is like podcast 51 or something crazy like that. can't believe there's been so many. All right. Here we go. Okay. Question number one. I had a spike in phosphate resulting from refroids. My corals started to slime, so I did a water change, which dropped my nitrate to zero and phosphate to 0 0.03. Brown slime started to appear only on the sand, none on the rocks yet. I believe it's dinos. I did a three-day blackout and dosed nightly with refresh. 45 mils for a 90 gallon. Today, I resumed my light schedule and dosed waste away. Dinos are weak, but still there. Should I continue with waste away or refresh? Have they finished the schedule or they've just done the waste away, a uh, refresh? I think they finished the schedule. Okay. It, sometimes for, first, if you have if you're doing this where you dose the refresh first and then the waste away, make sure you do the waste away portion. Then that's after, not at the same time. It's afterwards. You've knocked back and stressed the dinos. Now uh, you can get the waste away, starting at a low dose and working up because you should have a bunch of dead organic material for the waste away bacteria to feed on. And you're trying to get all that out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, cleaning the gravel, siphon cleaning the gravel, manually removing as much as you can helps. But you want to go through the waste away stage to get rid of as much of that dead organic material as you can. Then you can repeat. Sometimes it does take two, maybe even three treatments to uh, fix this. And overall, as we've talked about uh, in many of the past 50 episodes, now that we know how many there are, 51, um, you need to get your phosphates and nitrates up. This treatment is kind of, it's a short-term fix if you don't get the water chemistry where you need to be. You need to have phosphate between 0.03 to 0.05, 0.1, and nitrate should be between 5 and 10. If you insist or or can't get those values up the dinos are just coming back because the tank is basically primed for dino the only thing that can really 
you know, grow in that tank is the dinos. So you need to work on getting those nutrient levels back up while you're doing the treatment. But um, you can definitely do two or three treatments in a row. Question number two, I'm currently treating my freshwater fish with antibiotics. How long and often should I be using the first defense? Okay, so the the first defense uh, depends on how you're treating the antibiotic. You know, treating you can either be doing a bath treatment. Bath treatment is where you move the fish and put them in a high concentration of the antibiotic for a short period of time. That's a bath. You can be dosing the tank. That's kind of the last resort because you are going to be killing the nitrifying bacteria, or or depending on the antibiotic you're using, or you could be feeding the. F- uh, fish. You can put it in the food. That's a great use of our beneficial do-it-yourself fish food is that you can add antibiotics to that and get the antibiotic inside the fish, which is generally um, the best way to treat the fish. We don't know what that person's doing, um, but either way with first defense, because that helps relieve stress, you don't want to dose that every day. Um Depending on how you're doing your system, if you're treating the whole system with the antibiotic, you've removed carbon, hopefully, because the carbon can remove the antibiotic, some of the antibiotic. You want to dose the refresh and then, I'm sorry, the first defense. And you basically probably wouldn't dose it again until you did a water change. And most antibiotic treatments are at least 10 days. And I would say, do the uh, first defense, add that every four or five days or re-add it any time you do a water change. Hard to overdose first defense, but what can happen if you get a lot in there and it's a saltwater system, marine system with a protein skimmer, is the skimmer might start to go crazy and that just can be frustrating for you. But most of those uh, vitamins stick around for a little while, so you wouldn't dose any more than every uh, four days or so. I think I even learned something new at that time. Which was? Not to dose, but every few days. When I was moving, I'm fairly certain I dosed like little bits every single day. Well, I mean, that, you know, if you're doing little bits uh, every day is, is fine, but I'm assuming people are doing the full dose. I mean, gotcha. small, small, frequent doses of something like this are always better. Now, with antibiotics, you do not want it. You want to use the full dose, the recommended amount, and you want to use it for the entire treatment. You don't want to cut short. If the treatment's 10 days, do 10 days, not eight days, not seven days, 10 days. You're fighting the life cycle of these microorganisms, and there's a reason to have that extended period. But there's no harm in adding small amounts of first defense uh, every day or two, but operative word is small amounts or term. Yep, definitely small amounts. Let's move on to question number three. I have a 150-gallon SPS reef. Always ran high phosphates, 0.15. I was trying to lower phosphates. I went to Worldwide Corals. They recommended waste-away gel. Cleared up. I put the gel back in, and my phosphate came down to 0.1 to 0.08. I had a small algae outbreak. Worldwide recommended I use refresh and waste-away liquid and follow the recipe, which I did, but the tank went from a small outbreak to covered and losing corals. I'm at a loss. What do you recommend? Let's try to tear this apart a little bit. There must have been a lot of organics in the system because you add the gel, the phosphate drops, which it should, but the bacteria are 
also degrading organics. So you start seeing what they say, some slime or some just overgrowth on the corals. And just said an algae outbreak. Algae outbreak. Because there's this, you know, the nutrients and where did those nutrients come from? They came from the degradation of the organics. So there were a lot of trapped organics. And then doing the refresh and the waste away, that just did it, you know, exacerbated that whole thing. So basically the system had a lot of organics in there. I would turn down the lights. I don't know if the person did a dark face in that, but... um, It doesn't say. Yeah. It's just weird why you would, why it would just you know, that fast, maybe turn down the blue spectrum, trying to figure out what's causing all this slime growth. I mean, was it that much organics in the system, but you, you see the result. So it has to be that because the person, the tank already had nitrates and phosphates, but it's really the organics that are hidden in the system. When those are broken down and you have uh, this slime growth or this, this stuff that covers things, uh, manually remove as much as you can, get as much water flow going, and really work on getting those organics out of the system is what I recommend. Yeah. Is it possible that it could have been, and it doesn't talk anything about substrate, but it could have been stuff that was like trapped in the substrate that like once some of the stuff kind of on the surface layer broke down that it released additional? Okay, I guess that's what I meant by the organics. Yes, gotcha. you've, got, you've got all this stuff that's stuck inside you know in the spaces in the in the substrate it's in the gravel it's in the rock work all the crevices all those holes all that stuff gets trapped and you know it settles there and it doesn't get removed now you start adding bacteria well the bacteria can go after that stuff and starts breaking it down and that's why you get a release of all these nutrients from all that trapped organic material that's exactly where it's coming from Hopefully it will get better. Let's go for question number four. I did two doses of refresh, three doses of waste away, and I'm supposed to do my last dose of waste away today. I still have a lot of cyano, I believe because I had a defective thermometer and my water went very warm. I know and I fixed that, and I'm wondering if I should start the entire treatment process over from the beginning. No, there's no reason to start the entire process, but what's what's the issue? Does it say? It says it still has a lot of cyano, so I don't know if it was just cyano, if there was a whole other slew of stuff going on. Um, well, you don't have to start the process over. Get your water temperature back You know, in thermometer- I think we talked about that last week, the moment, or, or heaters. Uh, get your, you know, a good heater in there. And then st- just start over, manually manually remove as much as the cyano as you can, hit it with the refresh, and then after two or three treatments with the refresh, start with the, the waste away, small doses, small amount, and then work your way up. And then, you know, try to Manually remove as much as you can, get the skimmer going, lots of water movement to blow out all those organics that are trapped under the core, you know, in the rock work, under the rock work, all that type of stuff. You're just really trying to clean all that stuff out. And then look at, you know, your blue channel, like I've said many times, most people run their blue too high and that promotes the growth of cyanos and, you know, in this situation. Question number five. I was wondering if I dose more one and only bacteria, does it affect the cycle time? Yes. Now I'm assuming you're setting up your tank and cycling is all about numbers. The more nitrifiers you have, 
the faster you're going to cycle. So if you add more bacteria, you will cycle faster. So if I wanted to cycle my tank overnight, I can just get like five bottles, dump it all in at once, and it'll be cycled by the time I wake up in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> didn't say what size bottles, but it depends <laughs> on how much ammonia you add. But uh, yeah, we, you know, it's, it's just uh, the nitrifiers want to stick to something. So I don't know if, uh, if you added a, t- a lot, it would work overnight, but they preferred about 48 hours, but um, no, it can be done overnight. It all depends upon the amount of ammonia. And then what do you, you know, what's cycling? If you're trying to add a ton of fish. I mean, you know, years ago we cycled the new addition to the Georgia Aquarium, and that was a lot of bacteria. But they were putting in a lot of organisms at you one know, time. I'm so glad you mentioned that because as you're talking, I'm like, can we tell people about how like public aquariums use our bacteria, and do they use more than we would usually use because they're on a time crunch trying to get animals in? I would love to know behind the scenes of that. Well, some t- some things we can talk about others. Uh, no, because no, but no public aquarium uh, wants to be seen as endorsing a commercial product, which I understand. But it, we've you know, when it's an emergency, um, usually what's happening with public aquariums is they have a construction schedule, and if you've ever had anything built, remodeled, redone, you know it takes a lot longer than whatever that schedule on a piece of paper says. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. But what doesn't move is the grand opening date because the board of directors, the you know the donors and everything, they're having a gala hoopla, hoopla and it's going to be on a Friday or a Saturday night, and everybody's going to be there. And this thing is this party is happening, and this aquarium's opening. Just make it happen. And so the opening date is in concrete. And everything else is waiting for the concrete to dry and leach. And you know, and so the construction schedule takes longer. And so there is less time to cycle the system and get the system up. And in those cases, you buy, you know, you, you need to buy more bacteria. Uh, when there is time, and we've done this several times, basically, we do officialist cycling. We did this um, with the... Uh, the you know aquarium in Baltimore, we we actually have the data on that, where you know they have I think it was two hundred and forty thousand gallons. That's a lot of bacteria. And they, wait, that was all bacteria? No, no, that's the volume okay. of water. <laughs> and and not only is it a lot of bacteria, but if you start doing if you start doing the calculation and you say, okay, I want to dose two milligrams per liter of ammonia um, for two hundred and you know. 40,000 gallons. Well, that's roughly a million liters. And start doing the math, and it's like, that is a lot of ammonia. And that's a lot of money, and there's a lot of opening bags of ammonia. So it's always easier to side stream. So if we can reduce that volume, which we were able to, to a, a filter area where we can just have water recirculating through the biofilter and be dosing a much smaller volume, it makes it more efficient. And that's what we did. And we cycled that system in seven days. We have the water Holy quality cow. data by by constantly, now instead of dosing one time, when we do what we call a professional system, we recommend constant dosing of a small amount of ammonia. 
the bacteria, nitrifying bacteria will 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 oxidize ammonia and nitrite 24 hours a day. They don't take time off. They, they're it's called a first order reaction. So if you dose small amounts consistently with a dosing pump, the bacteria will work. And that the more they work, the faster they divide. So the bigger the population that you grow, plus the more that they are taking, you know, more they're oxidizing. And as long as you don't allow the ammonia or the nitrites to get too high, and you're taking into consideration that you're consuming the alkalinity, so the pH is going to drop, you know, there's three-dimensional chess going on here, you can get tank cycled very, very quickly. And and they they put in fish on day eight and had no problems at all. That's awesome. <laughs> it's I mean, we've done it. We do aquaculture facilities, hatcheries. Uh, you know, aquariums, uh, lots, lots of different aquariums, but it's the same thing. It's all a numbers game. The first thing we do is sit down and we have a discussion. What's your time? How many gallons? What's the amount of the end product, the amount of fish? There's do some calculations because I've been doing this for a long time, get a pretty good estimate. And then it's, um, it's all about the time. How much time do you have? Less time, more bacteria. All right. Uh, that's so cool. I kind of wish we had a whole podcast on like aquariums and maybe for down the road. Maybe may, maybe something down the road. We can do something. Okay. Move on. Man. There's a lot of refresh and waste away questions today. Like number six, I used your cyano recipe for refresh and waste away in a 20 gallon cube. I started up and really liked the results. Now I'm on to my larger tanks, 100 gallon and 130. Researching your site um, as to maintenance versus intervention. Currently doing the cyano recipe in the 100 gallon mixed reef and looking forward. Not sure what I need to do from a maintenance stage using either waste away or eco balance. Would you be able to provide me with what the differences might be? Also, just so you know, I was dosing no pox for the nitrates and phosphates. Okay. So the difference between waste away and eco balance. Waste away is eight different strains of of bacteria that were chosen by me for uh, getting rid of nitrates, phosphates, and degradate, you know, degradation of organic, consuming organics. That's what they do. Ecobalance are probiotic bacteria. So these are bacteria that were selected by me that through challenge tests produce bacteria sins that fight Vibrio in the saltwater marine side or Aramonas on the freshwater side. Bacterias, bacteria have warfare basically for space and and bacteria can will not all bacteria but some bacteria will produce what are called bacteria sins which are these chemical substances that kill bacteria closely related bacteria that would be trying to compete with the eco you know with the probiotic bacteria for space and resources and just through um, lab work you know do you do you find and isolate these and then we grow them up. Um, so they're doing two different things. We we don't recommend adding both liquids on the same day because you can overdose the amount of bacteria in the system. Um, going on a maintenance, that's why we made the gel waste away gels because just we are talking about where you can cycle the system a lot faster by continuously adding a small amount of nitrifiers. The same thing 
with uh, heterotrophic bacteria like the Eagle Balance and the Waste Away. Constantly adding a small amount is much more beneficial than just pouring a bunch in, especially in a marine or any type of an aquarium system because the aquarium system has devices that remove the bacteria. You've got the skimmer, UV, now you've got these roller mat type filters, filter socks, all these things, un- you know, intentional consequence of most of these, you know, UV, the intentional consequence is removing or killing the bacteria. But as we've talked about many times, you need those bacteria. By eliminating all the bacteria in the water column, you're forcing the tank to basically promote the growth of things that live on substrates. And those things are called algae and cyanos and dinos and nuisance because we want the surfaces clean, but we've eliminated the natural competitor to things that grow on the surface, and that's the bacteria in the water. So by adding the gel, that was the whole idea behind developing the gel is that you are constantly releasing bacteria into the system and you don't have to worry so much about turning the skimmer off or you know, or turning it off and on cycling it throughout the day or anything else. You're just always adding a little bit of bacteria into the system. So that's the best way to do that. And then every couple of weeks, maybe once a month, dose some of the EcoBalance bacteria. And it, that all depends, again, if you've got a tank with a low uh, bio load, you can go longer. If you've got a tank with a heavy bio load, I recommend adding the bacteria more often just to help prophylactically fight off things. EcoBalance is one that's on my regular schedule of... And even if you don't have all those organisms, you have to remember if you take any type of substrate and look under a microscope, you've got all sorts of stuff living in there. And all that stuff eats bacteria. Bacteria is food for everything. And if you've got a tank full of corals, well, the corals filter feed 24-7, and they're removing the bacteria from the water. So that's why people say, well, you know, why do I have to keep on replenishing or adding them, adding bacteria into the system? Because the bacteria are constantly being removed from the system. Yep. Exactly. Let's move on to question number seven. Would the Dr. Tim's dino treatment protocol have any effect on algae barns ecopods? I don't know. What, what are eco, ecopods or just... I think um, maybe like copepods? copepods. Copepods probably feed on the bacteria if they're good. I, I don't have any firsthand experience with this, but shouldn't have any negative effect at all. All right. Yep. I just looked it up. It's a blend of different species of copepods. So I like this next question. Question number eight. I have some excess ammonium chloride solution and want to know what the proper way to dispose of it is. It's a small quantity, about 90 milliliters. Is it safe to put down the drain or is there another way to handle it? Uh, It's safe with lots of dilution, running lots of water down the drain and diluting it. That's no harm there. It's not a hazardous chemical, and it will just basically uh, dissociate, you know, thin out or dilute out and be fine. So, yep, put it down the drain. I like that. Like totally different than the standard questions we get. Okay, question number nine. I finished a cycle and added nine small shrimp afterwards. Since then, about a month ago, I haven't added any new fish to the tank. 
Now I want to add fish, but I fear my bacteria colony had died off since the nine shrimp have such a small bioload. Recent water tests show zero on all parameters, including nitrates. Is there a safe dosage for your ammonia solution that I can use that will not harm my shrimp? I want to have, help my bacteria colony grow before adding new fish. Uh, no, there's no safe. So never add ammonia to a tank with any type of living animal in it. If you want to you know, definitely add some um, or dose ammonia. While I'm not a big fan, I would put in, you know, some cut shrimp or some uh, pieces of, of fish. Um, I, I wouldn't, flake food's not going to add that much ammonia, but basically adds um, some organic, you know, like I said, fish or shrimp. The 20, was it 20 or 12, whatever the shrimp are in there, will start eating those. So they get some food, but all that will start to degrade and mineralize and add ammonia to the system. The tank may go a little cloudy, but that's the safest way to do it rather than adding uh, ammonium chloride. Never add ammonium chloride to a tank full of uh, tank, tank with organisms, organisms in it. Okay. Now you said the tank may go a little bit cloudy. If they get to that point, would they need to do a water change or an air stone or I immediately think protein skimmer, but I feel like they probably don't have one of those on this tank. Yeah. If Well, if it goes cloudy, that's a bloom, a heterotrophic bacteria. So remove the whatever piece you put, if you put shrimp in there or fish, remove that. Um, probably stinks. Uh, then, then the bloom will take care. Add some aeration can uh, help, and then just let things happen, and it'll clear up as the nutrients are gone. But it's a temporary bloom of bacteria due to adding uh, the organics in the system. All right, question number ten. I've been waiting for us to get one of these questions because it is the season. I ordered your product off of Amazon, and it was delayed in shipping because of the winter storm. They must have left it out there in the truck the whole time because it was frozen when I got it. Will it still be okay? So if it is frozen rock hard solid, the chances are not good that it's going to be okay because the ice crystals, when it froze, probably puncture the bacteria. Um, nitrifiers do not tolerate freezing. Um, now you, if you invest, you know, invested money in this, um, is it okay to use? Yes. Nothing can come. Nothing harmful will happen by using it. Do not run it under hot water to thaw. Just let it thaw at room temperature and let it completely thaw, shake it, and then pour it in. And then start the system. And if in you know four or five days the ammonia hasn't gone down, well then you know that the bacteria are probably dead, and you know they died in freezing. Now, if they're slushy, if the if the mix is slushy, not frozen solid, then the bacteria have a good chance of surviving. Again, don't run it under hot water. Just let it thaw out at room temperature, shake well, and pour. And you should be fine. But other than putting it, putting the bacteria in the water and starting the cycle, there's no easy way to tell uh, by just looking at the bottle uh, whether the bacteria are going to be uh, viable or not. And it doesn't specify which of the products, just that it was one of ours. If they got something like Waste Away or EcoBalance or any of the other products, the same applies. 
No, I'm, I'm only one and only. All the other products, which are heterotrophic bacteria and um, you know spores, they will not perish when they're frozen solid. It's just the nitrifiers. So with, if you got waste away, refresh, EcoBalance, Clara, just let it thaw out. It'll be fine. Yay, that's exciting news. Question number 11. I have softer tap water and have had and have made adjustments during initial setup to increase the GH and the KH for the required levels for the planned fish. When making future water changes, would I would also have to consider both of these in the new water. Is that correct? I ask because I've not found anyone online that mentions anything more attention to chlorine, heavy metals, and pH in the water being added back into the aquarium. Okay. It's almost like they're mixing things here. No pun intended. Um, so so the, the GH, uh, that's general hardness for those. Uh, that, that's your calcium and magnesium. The nitrifiers need that. And then the KH is alkalinity. Those terms are archaic terms from translated from the German, which we're kind of dominating water chemistry a hundred years ago and we still use these terms. So the, the calcium magnesium and then the alkalinity, the back nitrifying bacteria prefer much higher levels. They'll cycle faster. Um, soft water with low alkalinity, you know, the buffering capacity, the nitrifying bacteria will work very slow. And as an aside, don't cycle your tank with RODI water. We, we've had this before. People go, I got the greatest, you know, I went to the store and bought 20 gallons. It was super expensive of distilled water and I put it in the tank and now your bacteria aren't working their crap. No, you put them in water, they can't survive it. They have to have some calcium and magnesium and some alkalinity. Do not put the bacteria in RO or distilled water. Um, and when you change, now what's going to happen though? is the calcium and the magnesium don't evaporate. Only pure water evaporates, leaving the calcium and magnesium. So do you have to add that back or, or can this person just use their soft water? And the answer is it depends on the fish they're keeping, but generally, yes, you can just add the soft water because the calcium and magnesium is still in the tank. Does that make sense, Hillary? Yeah. Now, but the alkalinity, that's the KH portion of what they mentioned. That gets consumed because, follow along with me, repeat with me. You all know this now, right? <laughs> yes, I'm being a teacher. Um, the Oxidation of the ammonia produces an acid. The oxidation of nitrite produces acid, and that acid is neutralized by the alkalinity, so it gets consumed. So your alkalinity will drop, and by adding their normal soft, low alkalinity water, you're not adding that back. And that means that your pH can drop. And when your pH drops, the nitrifying bacteria are going to work slower. That can be detrimental, but again, it depends on the fish you're keeping. If you're trying to keep South American uh, tetras 
you know, or, or, or angels and discus that much that do prefer that soft, low alkalinity water, then this is great. But you got to remember that your ammonia is going to build up, and you you've got to give the system time to develop a larger population of the nitrifying bacteria. Each bacterium is going to be working slower because the op- they're not in their optimal water chemistry. So you've got to grow more bacteria each to do a little bit, and that takes time. Now, what's confused? Are we clear there, Hillary? Yeah, I think so. Now, what, what confuses me, though, is at the end where they start measuring or mentioning heavy metals and chlorine and stuff. Can you read that back? Sure. Um, let's see. I've not found anyone online that mentions anything more than to pay attention to chlorine, heavy metals, and pH in the water being added oh, into the aquarium. Oh, to pay attention to those. Okay. So that not, yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't hear that part yet because people talk about you got to get rid of your chlorine and be careful of heavy metals, but this person is more worried about alkalinity and hardness. Okay. So I thought that was something different. Um, so, so it can be good or it can be bad, but, uh, depending on what you're trying to do. And again, hardness is the GH, the calcium and magnesium general hardness is different than the alkalinity. One is consumed, the alkalinity, the other is not. And as your water evaporates, concentrates. So it just, uh, it depends on what kind of fish you're keeping, what pH you want to monitor in general, you would want to add both of those back. And there's different types of, quote, salts. You know, it's not sodium chloride. We have one from our partner, ASF, called a cichlid salt that adds back both the GH and the KH without adding sodium to the water. So you can do something like that. I know I may be mistaken, but I believe that is potentially on sale right now. It is. We're having a big, big, big uh, blowout sale on the store dot. DrTimsAquatics.com. Yep. And if you need help finding that, send us a message. We'll be happy to help if the sale is still on. All right. Let's see. We got five minutes left. Do see if we can get through one more question. Dr. Tim, you mentioned turning off a protein skimmer at night for a few hours to let the bacteria increase. Will a roller mat filter out the bacteria or should I turn that off as well? You know, the role I don't have hands-on experience with the roller mat so i and i don't know what size my you know the opening size of those rollers is but i tend to believe that they would be removing some of the bacteria do you know hillary do you have any idea what size hold on (laughs) funny you should say that he's looking it up i've got one sitting right here it doesn't tell me how many microns it is. We'll have to look that up and get back on that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, they're advertised as keeping the water super clean. And, and so I would tend to say, yes, you want to turn that off too. The idea behind all this is to not remove the bacteria, let the bacteria consume nitrates and phosphates and multiply 
converting the nitrates and phosphates into bacterial cells and then removing them when the when the skimmer comes back on. So I would say probably yes, we turn off the roller mat type filters. Okay. I think we've got time for one more. What do you think? We can squeeze it in. All right. What temperature water is waste away effective for ponds? As the water is getting cooler due to changing of the seasons, when should I stop adding waste away? The pond is approximately 4,000 gallons and is stocked with koi and fancy goldfish. Once, once the water gets below 50 Fahrenheit or 10 Celsius, um, the bacteria pretty much slow down and, and it's probably um, not worth adding after that. So under, under 50 degrees Fahrenheit would be my answer. And then as you, you know, as spring starts to come and the pond starts to thaw out, uh, you want to start adding a little bit back in there. But be careful because, you know, during the winter, the pond's accumulated a lot of organics. And as the days get longer and it starts to warm up and you're adding bacteria, um, you can get a bloom there too. So, you know, definitely some aeration. But to answer the original question, uh, under, under 50 degrees Fahrenheit, I would stop adding the bacteria. Okay. And I've got your answer for the fleece rolls. Those are 50 microns. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, you know, bacterial filter is 0.2 microns, but those that's going to get clogged pretty quickly. So I would. Uh, plus, the other thing that's happening is uh, if you've got any uh, bacterial cells that start sticking together, let, let your corals feed on those. Let, let the corals have first shot. So turn the roller filters off. Okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for questions we will go over this time. I still have more questions than you guys have sent in more questions. So fear not, there will be a January Q&A podcast. All right, everyone. Thanks very much for listening to our podcast this year. We really appreciate it. Looking forward uh, to a lot more nice group of questions, Hillary. Not Nothing on cycling almost. So it's lots of different things we have. Yep, and- exactly. And we're going to have lots of new products in the new year. They're close. The ship is in LA <laughs> from <laughs> from Europe. Just getting that container off. That, that's Aww. what I'm working with now. We're going to have a lot of exciting stuff to go over. And um, I've got some questions that I've been saving up that I want to get answered to. Try to figure out how to maybe do a demo or something like that or a whiteboard talk some call-ins. I'm going to try to mix things up uh, next year a little bit as soon as Hillary and I get technically advanced about this. Well, let's say Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) She figures it out. So We got this. We got this. We can handle it. We just have to find the time to do it. That's it. That's going to be the thing. January and February are already busy. It's all good. Yep. So, okay, everyone. Happy New Year. Thanks again for all your support and keep the questions coming. Hillary and I really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to uh, spending time with you in another session of the Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. Be safe.